Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Out of Character with Jupiter Sanders and Cotton. Hello, Cotton. Hello. Hello. Good evening, Jupiter. Hope all is well. It's 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 well. It's nice and warm. It was like uh, 70 degrees yesterday and today. I know. Winter is over. We it's, made it. Uh, I don't know if it's over, but it's it's nice out. It's I, I I got the same stuff like from my wife. It's like it's it's technically winter's it's thing okay the outside's green. We made it. <laughs> no spring isn't here until March twenty first. But it oh. is nice that uh, oh Leo's listening. Of course Leo has to rain on our parade with his. We got four inches of snow. Well, you chose to live there. I have no. Yeah. Well. Like I have no sympathy. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's just to me. That's just how crazy, like how crazy the weather and climate is, and all of it. Like this is just it's seventy degrees the other day, and there are other places that are, no, it's still fuck off cold and snowing. Huh? I know it's a big planet. I understand weather systems. I get it. I'm just saying, you know, we're all having different experiences, and you who are in the Mississippi think winter's over. Well, you guys never really have a winter. We don't. I mean, I get the. I have like a really nice leather jacket, and I get to wear it like a week a year, <laughs> and it's like ah, it's jacket season, and then it goes away. I get to wear my cool jacket. <laughs> it is cool. <sighs> With my aviator sunglasses, it looks like I'm going for a very Tom Cruise aviator look, and you know, and I totally am. And I. Uh-huh. It's, mm-hmm. So, and uh, my ta- I, 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 I was told to mention the table, so. My wife made me a D and D table with a TV in it, and the legs collapse in, so you can just like carry it around, like they fold in. That's right. So it's portable with a working TV inside of it. What's yeah. to protect that as you are moving it about, so you don't break it? The TV is uh, not permanently set. It's like a shelf, so it like just you can just take it out, and the and as is the plastic. The plastic is just a separate little screen, so you can just. It's a very light. Like the TV weighs like maybe six pounds, hmm. and so it just like pops out, and then mm-hmm. you fold your legs up, and off you go. So it can be stored in the back, and the the, you know, it's it's in her shop, so it's it can be you know the the nerdiness can be hidden away when it's not in active <laughs> use. Uh, but yeah, I had my first meet with my new new party, so yeah, deep, got a D and D game and table, yeah. You liked it? It was like this is the best thing ever, best wife ever. Pretty much, uh, I'm pretty much just uh, just rolling over here, as they say. So. Wow. Hmm. From win to win. Oh, <laughs> 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 Hashtag winning. Is that still a thing? The Charlie Sheen days? You could take it from him. I don't think he says it anymore. I don't think he says much anymore. They probably have a some kind of uh, court order for him. Don't talk anymore. Yeah, I feel like one day he's gonna like just like wind up dead, and he's mm-hmm. gonna be like super fat and bloated and like all <laughs> fucked up, and, and like and, and and we'll all be like. Yeah, we saw that kind of coming. Like, we're not totally wishing the best. Well, Well, I mean, I'm sure he listens, so I'm sure he got your your well-felt message. Who who is one person that you would love to be listening to this podcast? It wouldn't make any sense, but you would love to be, like, you know, your your celebrity shout-out. Who would I want to actually listen to this? Yes. Wow. Um, the, your, the secret, the, who you wish was a or uh, was a secret listener. See, my mind automatically goes to the people that I already that I know are already have like a foot into gaming. Like I would just pick somebody who had no idea because that would just be crazy to me. That wouldn't be possible. I'm gonna go Vin Diesel or Jeff Goldblum. Ooh, I like yeah. both of those. Although I have some bad news. According to Reddit, Vin Diesel, he's an asshole. Meh. Yep, some people I know like a lot was... of assholes. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a deal breaker. That's uh, not a deal breaker. It's pretty it's much got to be on the resume. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much got to be on your resume. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Do you give money to charities that don't involve you? Yeah, <laughs> you're fucking out. Uh, that's. <laughs> I gave money to Russia. Fucking come at me, you know? <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I did follow Ukraine. I don't know. Well, I'm sure right now our listeners are going, "What the fuck is this episode God. about?" Yeah, this uh, episode so... is uh, this is this is the episode where we're like me and like uh, and Griff got together and just like got wasted and talked shit about people for I think some amount of time. Anyway, wow, well, that's nice. Pop culture. No pop culture things. Uh, well, I mean the last two episodes, you know, piracy and you know relationships between gamers and non-gamers, kind of I don't want to say heavy, but kind of just more 
deeper material. If we wanted to take a break, we want to do some fluff material now. I think this, it's our right. That's right. That's that. Right. This week we're the fluffers. Okay, we're going over some wow. fluff, some pop culture stuff. That's what that's what we're doing. We're, we're, that's not what we're doing, but it is a fluff week. Yes, but we are not fluffing anyone or anything. I mean, like, but it's a fluff. We're engaging in fluffery. We're engaging in fluffery. <laughs> All right. So we, um, we're we going to review two shows, right? Indeed. And I have one game, and I don't know if you have a game. Uh, I think that, that's, see, already, already spoilers. I'm, not, I'm supposed to have a game for a different week. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's not a spoiler. It's fine. So the first show, which did you finish it? Number one, did you? Yeah, I I power watched the ever loving hell out of Fox Mac in the day. I saw about about half of it. I think yeah, I watched uh, six episodes today. So work all of it. You know, did you watch all of it? Yeah, I watched the first six. I watched throughout the week. Oh okay. One episode a day, and then Mm -hmm. I had six today, so I got the episode twelve, and Mm -hmm. and so I was hard work doing that, and Robin was off doing carpentry in her she shed. So we were like, we were both being like super productive, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, I get it. No, no, you just sit there and eating your bonbons, watching her TV. She'll go out and do the heavy lifting. That's okay. My ass is so sore, though. I had to power watch like six hours of Fox (laughs) Max and the occasional Magic the Gathering video. (laughs) Nice, I see. Uh, So, yes, The Legend of Fox Machina on Amazon Prime, which I think everybody knows by now is Critical Role. Yeah. Matt Which Mercer's mine, by the way. Them. Matt Mercer's what? Is my is my secret the the person oh, I wish secretly. Oh, I didn't ask you who <laughs> your secret person That's... was because I'm a selfish asshole, <laughs> which is why I know assholes. <laughs> Matt Mercer is yours? Yeah, I'm I just, kinda, I just, like, I just I imagined him listening. Not knowing that, I would have rather gone through not knowing that. Matt I Mercer? Just, I talk shit about him on the podcast because I know he'll never hear this shit. And I, I like but him, but also you want him. You want yeah. To I just had this idea of him like Ugh. his nice guy persona dropping, and him like in his lair, like Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget, like hearing my podcast, like planning my demise. I don't know. It's a scene in my head. I think it's funny. It is funny in my head. I'm picturing him listening to your podcast too, like and I'm laughing you know? at the idea. Uh- <laughs> oh, so so Vox Machina, right? Do you so hit me with your. With your with your hot indoor cool takes. All right, well, let's wait. Why slow oh, down? Waiting? We're slowing it down. Fox Machina, Critical Role, which we've talked about Critical Role before. They make millions streaming their their game, but they did a Kickstarter where they tried to raise money to animate their first season campaign. To animate a campaign. And it came out to be this legend of Vox Machina. For those that didn't know, Cotton. For those I didn't, didn't know it was know. kickstarted. Yeah, the animation portion of the show. To animate it, they had to do a Kickstarter because apparently all the millions they make just wasn't going to cover it. Uh, so they did a Kickstarter for everybody else to pay for it. I was like, I'm going to let it go. I'm not... Well, But you're saying they animated it, so they voiced it for free. Like they didn't take a salary yeah. for their own voice work. I, I, I don't know. I, didn't, I haven't looked at their financials. But it is... I do know it was, it was a Kickstarter for... The, but regardless, here we go. You've watched it now. Don't say anything about what you saw or anything. I just want to know, do you agree with the Rotten Tomato score of 100%? Audience score of 94%. I do not agree with the audience score. Wow. So okay. the tomato meter is yeah. suspect. If, wow. if 100 people okay. say it's a 51, if it's good, but maybe barely, that's a 100%. Mm-hmm. They only, it's very binary. So the mm-hmm. tomato meter is not a great metric. Okay. In some, unless you, I mean, it's okay. It it just tells you that. So yeah, I like it. So I would be if I reviewed it, I would say I liked it. I think it's worth watching, which means I would, as a critic, contribute to that one hundred percent. If Rotten Tomatoes gave a shit what I thought about it, literally anything, but I don't. But but I, I doubt any of those people are saying it is a one hundred percent movie. I, I don't think it's Toy Story fucking two. Like you know. Yeah. Another one hundred percent. Do you? How, how do? You, where, where, where are you at on that? I think it's really good, but um. So I've also I've also watched Arcane League of Legends, uh, another show which I believe you also watched. Yes. That too, pretty much got the same scores, and between the two, I like League of Legends better. 
than Vox okay. Machina. There I were some too. things with that Vox Machina with Fox that I just it was jarring to me. So we all know what it is. It's it's critical roles, D and D table come to life through animation. Got it. So when you're watching this cartoon, and the animation's good, I enjoy the animation. Very cartoon like. I like it. They didn't try to go for realism. It's a cartoon. What what was jarring to me was all the would be NPCs in the world, in the show, all the NPCs spoke as if they were of the time and setting. But the PCs, the players, the main characters, when they spoke, it was not of the time and of the setting. It was very much of the now vernacular, like references to things now, jokes. And it was just, it kind of took me out of it a little bit in the first three, four episodes. Okay. What do you think? I would agree. It didn't affect me as jarringly. I guess I just gave it a picture. I, I agree that it's there and it's silly. And I was <laughs> just like, okay, that's the tone of the show. It's all like, you guys can't land, motherfucker. Like people didn't say motherfucker with that with that inflection. Yeah, it it. I would agree that that's there. It didn't bother me much, but it's mm. a totally valid thing to get a little pissy about because I'm gonna like. I'm saying that because I'm going to be getting pissy about equally valid or invalid things. Okay, okay, all right, all right. So you're I'm just, not by you're all just means. supporting me in my critique. I so am, I support yes. you later in yours. Well, exactly. Okay, well, that's not going to happen, but okay. <laughs> Fuck. The other <laughs> thing was, it's 12 episodes. The, the episodes aren't too long. They're not too short. They're a good, decent length, right? Almost an hour. Yeah, I read that. I think the episode length is yeah. right where it should be. To me, episodes seven, eight, and nine were the best episodes. The first three episodes, it was rough. It was rough going, but I stuck with it. By episodes seven, eight, nine, I was incomplete. Like, this is great. This is fantastic. I love the emotional drama in here. I love the characters, what they're going through. It, it like, it, it found its groove at that point. And then episodes nine, ten, and eleven were basically just, you know, the the end and and the you know dealing final dealings on on things okay and setting up for the next season because they got another season well yeah <laughs> but to me those three those were the strongest episodes seven eight nine i if they're the episodes i'm thinking of i did not like I, that's where i felt it <gasps> sagged really if i'm the thinking zombies? i could be wrong the zombies i no i'm a little earlier than you no I, those were okay. okay i didn't like the back half of it Maybe it was just oh. me power watching all six. So how much can I talk about the show? Like, <laughs> I don't want to have any spoilers for people. All right. Well, there, there's a bit where they go to a place. Here comes the spoiler. And I don't understand why this place is there. And I found that to be jarring. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, they go there. The name of the place. Where, uh, the, the Dorolos, like the Briarwood, the fucking, like, the, where they go for the entire back half of the series. That, Wait that a minute. You city. don't know why they're there? No, not the not the not the oh. characters. Okay. The people who live there. Like this place is terrible. Fucking leave. And no one knows about this shit. Like there's there's shit happening there that's very physically big. And yeah. uh I mean you said the word zombie. So like well, they're not nobody has a relative. Around. It's not a bunch of, you know. They but... they kinda are strolling around. Like, that's well, I mean, I bit. think when you get into episode uh, 10 or 11, you kind of understand why they have to be there. Like the the people? The bad like guys? The people. Yeah. No, not the bad guys. Oh, the city the, dwellers. They're the city bad? dwellers. Oh my gosh, people watch the Fucking show. Fucking leave. They can't. Everything they have is here. They don't have shit. What is that? <laughs> and, and they're all like, it's so weird and jarring that they're in this hellhole and there's no reason to be there, and the entire apparatus of governance is corrupted beyond human comprehension, and they're, like, doing normal shit, kind of? But there's no farms. There's no, like, business. There's no economy. Nothing, nothing's happening. They're just, like, there, and they don't seem to understand why they're there. And it feels super... It feels kind of the ish too bitish. Like, hey, there's this place and and the people and they need the helps and uh like fuck and, like no one sent a letter to their like cousin in the main city where the first several episodes are saying hey shit's fucked up and uh the people who run everything seem weirdly unconcerned and by the way all these I, I, this is one thing i'll say 
you know, we talk about nameless, faceless guards, like stormtroopers, right? Mm-hmm. They never take their helmets off. They're just nameless. They're faceless. They have no backstory. They're like the reverse murder hobo. The guards in this literally don't have face. Like, their armor covers their face mm-hmm. in, in a weird, like, not protective-y kind of way <laughs> to make them generic. I think one gets one line. So they are human, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. So who the fuck are these people? Do they have <laughs> wives and families? Why the fuck are they here? Why the fuck are they defending these oh. people? What? I, none of that. That was super jarring to me when I see this whole place that has no Why reason to be. There? I mean, I mean, think about now. Can can you not imagine some people that currently live in an area that's governed by a corrupt government and that they're still there? Sure, but like, send a letter. Like you think send it'd be dear, yeah. like dear brother who lives in the non shithole. Like you think there'd be yeah. one or two refugees. Maybe they're controlled who said, in the mail. Or just fucking like no. Like, maybe the bad like, guys so, are, are controlling the mail, and maybe the bad guys also, due to their special powers, when somebody does come to investigate, he's like, "No, it's all good here, guys," and they sends them on their way. So those dudes who who we do not like and who mm-hmm. have a certain amount of uh, political power. Mm-hmm. Have achieved this power, and mm-hmm. trade is uh, like literally information blackout. No trade happens. No communication happens. Like it's the weirdest thing. Like, huh? It's it's like trying to have Area Fifty One in like downtown New York City, and no one finding out ever. Like, I just, I don't know. I didn't like that. I, that took me a bit okay. out of it. All right, I'll, um, I'll, I'll yeah. give you that. I don't. I guess I didn't think. Like I'm watching it, and I I know this is being told from the POV of the of the party, the PCs. It's told from their point of view and everything. So I'm like, eh. I guess I didn't think too much about the the town folk and like, well, why are you still here? I didn't think about that, but okay. I that's that's my I, pissy I little like, yeah. and the uh, the other deal is in the the final episodes we have the big fucking fight, yeah, and it was <laughs> I like it was mm-hmm. fine. I I guess if I'm it's kind of like in the, uh, the not, not the Mandalorian, um, the the book of, or the the book of Boba Fett. There is the big fight. I am cool with having the big fan servicey fight. Let's you know, let's fucking go. Let's have it. And the climax. That's the point. You know? Yeah. And it. I mean, the end was 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 rock solid. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Everything about that really good. But the fight itself kind of like dragged on, and I did not understand or appreciate. In the slightest, the stuff happening to our uh, divine member. Like, none of that made a lick of sense to me. It honestly felt like the person playing that character had to go on vacation. Yeah. And, like, they, they, they wrote it into the there. story. Yeah. They weren't, able, so... they weren't able to be there, so that's what they did to, to combat. I thought it was brilliant. I was like, what a great way to bring the player to still have them kind of there. Even but they wrote out there. an entire character who was, like, a horrible human being. And so, therefore, his character had to go. You couldn't just, like write this person into the story like like not everything has to follow I, I guess they wrote the plot that way i guess they wrote the plot that way so it that that had to track so i, I say i'll say this I, maybe i shouldn't know that despite not having listened to the show if i'm like this feels like the person who plays this character had to go on a cruise for a week mm-hmm. and uh this is how they handle that and the fact that i'm right about that maybe says something anyway maybe not i don't know i just thought i know that one character that one player had uh, wasn't able to to be there for part of it, but they had to find a way to bring them when they were able to come in to to do it. And I thought they they did a brilliant job with you know I thought they did a great job with the character development of that character. There was an issue. It was a cleric. It was having some issues with their god. And then and then you know they were it was it was to, it, I love a split party. This was a split party. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, you know, you're, so you're pulling was, me a little bit. You're it. pulling me. I liked um, it. I liked what they did with that. It was something different. It it like look, you're a man down because I've got shit to do over here. And then you you know you were like, well, I guess they're gone. And then you know they just keep showing them there's progress being made. And then bam, they brought them back in a in a clever way. Maybe it's just my inner atheist dealing with the the wow. trauma of religion and God not showing up and almost like fucking you. Like not oh well again not to spoil it, but I guess in my brain you could just be like in a D and D world. Dear God, who hath given me power? What's up? What are we doing? What the problem is? Like, you know I mean? hmm. It's just maybe I'm just salty, and it doesn't match in the track. You so, salty? Um, no. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to bring this up. How about this? There's a scene in one of the Avengers movies. I want to say it was Age of Ultron, but I might be wrong. 
mm-hmm. where it got a lot of shit for, I believe the word is bathos, which is a puncturing of dramatic tension with humor. So, in the scene, just early on, they're fighting all this shit, and uh, Captain America has this line, he goes, language, because someone says, like, shit, you know? Yeah. And apparently because he's, like, it was, it, it didn't even match him. Like, yeah, he's from the 1950s, but he was in the army. They had, they had fucking the 50s. You know, like, they, they weren't, like, freaking out. Anyway, it punctured the, the tension, and it was like, oh my god, did the captain say language? Oh, we gotta write that down. And so, because they're joking, like, the scene before that moment had a lot of tense feeling, and then that kind of, like, deflated it. Like, they're not gonna die when they're joking about Captain America being from the 50s and being concerned over a curse word. That was in this, and I wanted to know, for me, it sometimes took me out of it. Them, like, the constant jokes to deflate tension. I tend to do that personally, and, uh, and yeah, it's funny in a D and D setting, so maybe I'm being a little picky about it. But it, it, it sometimes the tension felt like like I'm I'm feeling it, man. They've got me by the heartstrings, and then like dick joke. But but this was a D and D environment. These were people playing at a table, and then they recorded it, and then they just animated what happened. So it is people that don't like that tenseness trying to do something to deflate it because that makes you uncomfortable around the table. Dick joke saves the day. All right. All right. So you like right. you like you, right. like, you like I mean like nothing. Not okay. Like a dick I don't remember joke. that I'm blue. I'm just saying joke. it oh, is it, it is the D and D environment. It was a group of players around a table, and when things got tense, somebody made a joke, which is what we all do. You just said you do it yourself. Yeah, but it's bad. But you didn't I should, like it in the show. I shouldn't do but that. But the I, show was a different thing. This wasn't created in a production office right. somewhere. And somebody had storyboards and they pitched it and they filmed the whole thing. This was all played out before and then they just took it as, as it was scripted. Here's our script. We got to like really, you know, pare it down. But this is our script. Animate. It was kind of different than the normal making of a show. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying. You know, it's something you do around a D and D table. That's exactly what this was. All right. Well, then our audience can know that that was that that, that is a thing, and maybe you're cool with it, maybe not. But that altogether, I give it like a uh, I, I give it like a B. I give it a B. I liked a, a lot. B? It was funny. I had a good time, and it was solid. I thought it was a bit uneven in some places. The the I, I thought, in, especially in the final fight, as we had seen a lot of really cool action. Uh, it is gory. I'm mean, just go ahead and tell people. Oh, oh, if yeah. you're turned off by oh, gross yeah. shit, um, and I can be, and there's a few parts where my, my stomach kind of got the the hibbijibbas. You're so delicate. I am. I'm a delicate southern flower. Uh, <laughs> it's the magnolia of the podcast. <laughs> you are. It, it was. It's. It's not just. It, it's. It's not just in key scenes, although it very much is. <laughs> but they don't give a a. There there is a hair trigger on that. They don't give a damn. Like there are constant scenes where they go, let's make it extra gory and and head rippy, and mm-hmm. watch this guy's like ear get ripped off, fucking slow. Like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they did a lot of like, oh, so okay. head Didn't heads up. Coming. Yeah, yeah, it is that. Um, I do. I mean, I get like what you're saying about the jokes. Now. All right, so they leaned really hard on on tropes. Scandal yeah. the bard is. He is the quintessential bard. Yeah. He, and he, that he should got be old. in TV tropes. It did. Yeah. It got old I, after a while. I was like, come on, really? Stop. I, I think that's where, like, social morphs changed so quickly, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that was a, a very funny joke, like, 10 years ago. And it was original and kind of funny and bawdy. And now it's, like, a lot more cringy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too changed everything. You just can't, you know? <laughs> You but, just can't say some shit. Like, yeah. back in the day, I remember Sean Connery being like, sometimes you have to slap a woman. And, like, he didn't get, like, fired into the sun for saying that shit. You know, like, that's horrible and wrong. And now that's, like, the world. he cannot say that now if he were, like, alive. And the, the, the horny bard thing is a little played out, right? Maybe? Yeah, that bard trope is, is so overplayed that it is a joke now but he started it it's kind of unfair i feel it's like it's bad but it's like not his fault it's kind of like why i was bored reading lord of the rings because like i've created the concept of orcs well good for fucking you everybody stole your shit and i consumed their stuff so i don't 
care. Mm-hmm. Like that's and it's a magic sword. Great magic sword. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. But they leaned on other tropes as well. The big dumb orc barbarian. <laughs> yeah. The moody half elves. The elf that talked to the nature in the trees and was just uh, it was just so innocent. Uh, just oh, sweet summer child. Yeah, and sweet summer child. Leaned. They leaned on the barbarian, yes. Uh, they just leaned moody? on tropes really hard. Huh? Are half-elves moody? Just as a trope. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, elves are moody, and so they were just like moody-like. They're half-moody. They're moody. Yeah. They, yeah. Together, it was one moody elf. The twins. I, okay. But yeah, that, okay. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Half-elf, half-elf, moody, moody. Yeah. Multi- gotcha. I see the... It's you got math. It. You're with yeah. me. Yeah. Got yeah, it. I'm with you there. Tell me that. All right. And yeah, big, dumb, grog. And actually, my wife was watching the show with me. And she goes, why can't the big guy be smart? Like, she actually brought that up. Why has it got to be the big, dumb guy? And I was like, well, if he's smart, it kind of like kills the need for other people. Like, if he's smart, why do you have Percy? Like, why? <laughs> just yeah. just smartly yeah. slaughter motherfuckers. And I get it. If you're a big badass, it's kind of like short guys work out a lot and dress well. You know, like, if you're if you're a big motherfucker, you don't have to read a book in that era. You're good. Mm-hmm. You're going to make mm-hmm. it. You're fine. Rock don't need to read. You know? <laughs> That's a shitty metaphor. But that's also when you make a barbarian. That's that's what it. You know, your your wisdom or your intelligence is always low, and so everybody always oh low intelligence means I play it dumb, and people enjoy playing it, the big dumb guy. Yeah, some people like playing the big dumb guy. I totally get the appeal. I have a friend of mine who put a big dumb barbarian. It was fun comic relief for the exact reason. It's it's mm-hmm. it's it's a trope and. It's, you know, things are good for things become tropes for a reason. They can become mm-hmm. played out, but they became a trope because they were probably good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's it's fair. Uh, so what did you you gave it a B? I gave it a B. Uh, I think I enjoyed the. It was fun. I thought it, when I watched it, it was fun. But I wa- I didn't I didn't like binge watch it like you did. I would watch three episodes each week that it came out, and I watched it with a friend. And so that may have, you know, changed it. They were into it as well. And so, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the bodiness. I thought, ah, finally, it's like more of an adult. This is more of an adult cartoon, not for kids because of the gore and the, some of the ideas and the joke, I, you know, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I got to go a little higher than a B though. I'm going to go, I, I don't want to say A minus because it, it still needed some improvement. I'm going to go B plus. All right. I'll go B plus. I, I was I not going to respect fun. an A. Anything with an A, I was like, fucking nope. You were not going to respect. Okay. <laughs> no. Sometimes the woman doesn't no. need to be slapped. I mean, Sean That's, Connery's right. They get, they get mouthy. And they, uh, get you mouthy and that dumb ideas. <laughs> <laughs> this is a joke them. for everybody. Uh, this is a, I am aware that that's bad. <laughs> I was the one that said it. Please so. do not attenuate my future job prospects. You know? <laughs> Well, if Matt Mercer's yeah. listening, he's turned it God, off now. Yeah, he's just documenting <laughs> this shit. That motherfucker. Uh, right, right. A character named Cotton, yeah. and he's going to die in season two. God damn it. So, I give it a B. And, you know, there's, again, it was solid. I had fun. The jokes were funny. I pointed out some things I didn't like, so people listening to it can judge those things for themselves and see how much they, they would affect your enjoyment of it. But I did enjoy it. The dick jokes were generally pretty funny even when they puncture the tension and the action is pretty damn good and the characters they do have some interaction that you understand nothing here is shocking though the characters are all pretty down the middle one thing i do wish they had explored more that the only kind of hinted at and was what i thought was the only complexity to the the plot and the characters and the development were like percy's parents and their treatment like so those characters had certain uh interactions with those that they used to command and those people all turned against them maybe they had it coming you know maybe people are revolution you know (laughs) maybe it was maybe the new people aren't as good as the old people but or maybe they have their problems but it happened right yeah so you're thinking percy's parents deserved that that's what you're saying. It would have been nice to it's it's interesting no. how everyone they employed no. turned on them. Yeah. They didn't have a single like you know who because was loyal? Every, the they, kitchen they scamp. Were, they were bad, <laughs> they were bad, they were poor judges of character. They like they hired yeah, like, the wrong people. <laughs> they just repeatedly hired yeah. people who would yeah. All right. <laughs> or or 
a long underground campaign began before they were overthrown by the guy with the special power and he made people turn on them. We don't know. We don't know. We we don't there's no story prior. We are only getting Percy's side. Th- those people did not seem to be dropping the veil of control towards their demise. Anyway, we've harped on that one. We've, that's that's one yeah. thing. It wasn't would you would you say there was nothing complex here? Everything that happened plot-wise and character development-wise was wholly expected by you, right? Um were you there surprised were some things by anything? That I, I, there, I was surprised by one thing where I actually gasped. It was like, holy shit, I didn't see that coming. And it was towards the end, and I'm not going to say. What it Fair was. enough. I, at no point was I surprised. The relationships, the character development, the plot points, I, I will say that it all, it all felt a little bit like, makes sense, makes sense, got it. I contrast that to Arcane, where I would give an A rating. And we're not mm-hmm. talking about Arcane today, I know. But you watched it. You know, how mm-hmm. does other people watch it? Those characters were deeply complex. Like, almost all of them were complicated and interesting. Uh, it, it was just, just an amalgamation of traits, flaws, positive attributes, things they were loyal to, things that, they, you know, distances they would go to achieve uh, their, their goals. Every single character felt like they got love and attention in that show. Mm-hmm. And when you have all of those types of characters that well fleshed out the ways they interact with each other make for a deeply compelling drama so there you go uh I, you know that's yeah. that's the page i'm on all right no i i get it i guess it's a matter of what do you want out of what do you, what is your expectation for the show and my expectation was to just watch something campy i thought it was going to be campy it's a campy romp it's very, it is a campy romp. I like the idea of they just recorded some assholes at a table playing a game and then animated it. I like that. It was jarring to me because the dialogue of everybody outside of the PC realm fit the setting and the PC's dialogue did not. And that, I, but I understood why it didn't. But it was jar. that was the only thing that was jarring to me. But I was surprised by one thing towards the end that I didn't see coming, but it's not a major thing. I just didn't see it coming, but I don't see a lot of things coming because I don't really pay attention. I'm not sitting here going, why are those towns folk still there? <laughs> I didn't do that. Not once did I go, why are they still there? What is the what economic the underpinning? Taxes like? Yeah, what are the taxes like? <laughs> does... You know, I didn't like, yeah, what's the economy like right now as the country as a whole? The, 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 <laughs> the nastiest thing was, the, or the most shocking thing was what they did with that, the, the, the welcoming of the party. And mm-hmm. the display upon the tree, right? Mm-hmm. That was the kind of thing that's yeah. powerful and interesting and unexpected and holy mm-hmm. shit Anyway, that's but okay. That was a we DM have... that had a great moment in his story yeah. and was loving it. And then all those characters were like, I got to make a joke because this is just too much. I got to make a joke, you know. And that, that's, yeah. that's kind of like, that's kind of like what it felt to me in those moments where it's like this got heavy. I need to do something to lighten it. And so the characters would keep making mm-hmm. jokes. It's 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 a campy romp. Have a good mm-hmm. time. Turn yeah. your brain off. You know, tune on, turn in, drop out, and explode. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, so our other show yes. uh, is on HBO Max. Uh, it is Peacemaker with John Cena. And it is a series that spun off of the Suicide Squad movies or the second Suicide Squad movie that had Peacemaker in it. Did you finish all of Peacemaker? Yes. Oh, I power watched that. That was that was like last week. All right. And what did you think of it? Uh very similar in some ways. Really? Um Yeah, it's oddly similar. It relies on a lot the of the absurdist of, humor. Uh, TV now. It, yeah. it it yeah, absurdist it's it's humor, yeah. That's the new thing. Absurdist humor that is sort of dramatic you know it breaks the dramatic tension and and has fun with it i enjoyed it it's a little uneven in parts but yeah. it, again it was kind of a campiest romp the the only thing i'll say is that james and i hope i don't this doesn't get played out james gunn who wrote and directed uh or he directed most of the episodes but he, he wrote the show mm-hmm. has a very idiosyncratic dialogue like you know when you're listening to um quentin tarantino or kevin smith they have a certain way that they write dialogue Mm-hmm. It, it reminded me of Aaron Sorkin, who is known for machine gun dialogue. He wrote The West Wing. He wrote Newsroom. Everyone is snappy and witty and 100 miles an hour and has tons of jo- – it's very dense writing. This felt 
like too recognizable. Like too many of the characters sounded the same. There's too many of these absurd conversations that where one person mistakes what somebody else is saying and they make a weird riff and they go, "Why would you think that I mean that?" Well, why wouldn't you? You know, and 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 they say everything is everything is weirdly like twenty degrees off to make a weird absurd joke. And they even have certain parts where they go, "I don't even know why this conversation is happening." But like multiple people have that conversation with each other, and all of them participate in it. There's like there's like one character who the the like the boss of the of the team or whatever who will like shut them down when these interminable conversations get fired up. It's a little it gets a little tired by the end of the, the of the series. The weird the, the the weird offbeat absurdist conversations that are they kind of drone on. Do you know what I'm trying to like mm-hmm. kind of getting at? Yeah. No, there were, yeah, I can see that, where these other conversations that, like, oh, this is not important right now. Why do you guys keep talking about this thing? They're bigger fish to fry kind of a situation. But there were some things that I thought were really fun and funny. Like, I get it, you know, I, eh. But there were other parts that I was like, I don't know why this is funny, because it's not. Like, I just, this is kind of really sad right now, but I don't know why they're trying to make me laugh at this point. Uh, the st- like the relationship between him and his father. That yeah. Is so messed up, and it's like, oh, but they like put jokes in there, and it's like I can't laugh at this. Is like a messed up relation. This is a messed up person. I I can't I can't laugh at this. But then you've got characters like Eagly, who gives him hugs, and it's like, how can you not like a show that has an eagle in it giving you hugs? That 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 won me over. That's a spoiler, but yeah. God, the, the eagle he gets hugged by a fucking eagle, yeah, and he is as eagle. happy about it as we are, and reacts in the yeah. same way I would react. Yeah, uh, and I love that. I love Eagly. Yeah. Uh, Eagly does steal some scenes out of the entire series. He does steal some scenes. It's pretty great. There, there, there is a that is the most complicated relationship in the show is Peacemaker and his father. Yes, and it is messed up mm-hmm. and ugly and twisted, and is the heart and soul of the show because mm-hmm. his relate. You know, we're, we're in a situation where patriotism in America, rah rah, is maybe not at the heights it used to be, right? And Peacemaker feels sort of like this from this bygone era. That doesn't really fit anymore, and it and it kind of doesn't, and he doesn't fit in this world, and he and he's trying to navigate it, and he's trying to sort of bridge gaps that are too wide, and that's interesting, and I enjoyed that. I thought that that whole deal was was quite interesting. I enjoyed the characters and their flaws yes. and their strengths. Mm-hmm. Everyone got their got their moment. John Economos, or e, is it Economos? Economos, whatever it is. It's like economy, but Economos, John Economos. Economos. He had a recurring deal in the show that just seemed to, I, I assume you can get what I'm coming to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a certain tendency, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious as shit, and always works, every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, and I also appreciate whenever they take characters that don't get any love and pump life into them. I love when Marvel does it. I love when DC does it. And they do it here. They take, like, like Vigilante, who I had to Google. Is this an actual character? Yes. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. And they take this shitty, mm-hmm. shitty, never heard of character. Yeah. And they breathe a very fun life into it. And uh, it totally works. Mm-hmm. It works in a great way. I enjoyed the plot. Oh, was, the plot was, was quite good. good. It was interesting. Um, you mentioned the characters. I think they did a great job of showing these people as being deeply flawed, but they still have to do the thing. And and I like that because I, I don't enjoy a show where it's just, well, they don't have any flaws. Everything they do goes right. It's perfect. Everything was, it's like, that's not fun. They got to have something. Nobody's I enjoyed the I enjoyed the time that they took on certain things. Like there's a, a singer peacemaker. Yeah, like... Yeah, we were talking about, talking about this earlier. Uh, there's a bit where Peacemaker is trying to escape an apartment complex for reasons unknown, and they spend like a while, like most of the show, on a scene that you would think would take two minutes, and it takes a half an hour. Like it's <laughs> pretty much a real time shot, mm-hmm. and it works. It's every every the pacing never feels slow or dull. I was actually kind of marvelled at it. Like as it was happening. 
I was like, shit, this has been going on for like 25 minutes, and it kind of works. Uh, that, that, that took balls, because like, the whole episode is this one scene, and we're not advancing the plot very much. Mm-hmm. But it was great. It worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think also, I don't know. I mean, there are some tropes in there, but I don't think they lean heavy on the tropes. The sidekick is fantastic. <laughs> Vigilante. <laughs> oh, I love his sidekick. It's fan. It's like, oh my god, this is great. Yeah, he is. Yeah, kind of points out the things of like, if you really are a superhero, like how far do you go to keep your identity secret, and how do you <laughs> handle the logistics of how do you change into your outfit, and what car do you drive, and you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's it's clear that his his mental capacity is hyper focused in certain areas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually liked that he was remotely capable, which again was a surprise. And maybe I'm spoiling that because you don't like when I first see this character, I think he's a joke, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I actually think he's a wannabe. He's a fucking nobody. Mm-hmm. He will achieve jack and shit. And he's actually like early on, not that tough or does not appear to be so, mm-hmm. but he's has certain skills and abilities. But it, he had great development. He had a, the guy who's playing it nails it. Mm-hmm. The mindset is consistent and weird, and that works. Like mm-hmm. it's very. At no point do I feel like this doesn't make sense, despite how f- fucking weird that character was. Yeah. And I felt that way about multiple characters, which is a fun feeling. Mm-hmm. So I, I I give that show like an a B plus, a minus range. It was a step up. It doesn't lean heavily on tropes. It gets a bit saggy here and there, but frankly, for for like my quips on it are pretty small. Like I just don't want to give away the A's and the A pluses, yeah. except to like I I would give Arcane like an A or A plus. I like I thought it was ridiculously good. This was maybe a notch below, but not much. It was it's an a, Peacemaker, good show, and uh, it's fun. Enjoy it. Hell, I love the opening like like credit sequence. It was hard to even skip that half the time. Oh no! Watch it every time. Watch it every time. Yeah, every time you got to watch the opening sequence. I love how John Cena. I, I appreciate as a as a wrestling fan from the '90s, from the Attitude Era of WWF and WWE. I appreciate when a wrestler can make their way into actual acting. You know, it's only happened a few times, and uh, this he's like John Cena is really all in. At no point do I feel like. I guess I, I think that what's gotten most of them is they're these big macho guys, and so they don't want to play roles that are anything like weak ass adjacent. Mm-hmm. And I don't get that from John Cena. I think John Cena doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I think he's willing to go all in on whatever acting thing you put him to go do, which is a hell of a thing for a guy who was like, you know, I want to say he was like, was he? Uh, no, he wasn't Olympian. That was Kurt Angle. Uh, no, but he like a wrestler, just this big body yeah. dude who like goes out, has fun, embraces it, nails it, does the thing, and it's yeah. he, he pulls it off. No, he does. He does great in this. I, I think he does. I think he does a great job uh, in this show, and he's been working hard to get to this point. And I know when I've talked to Bamps about Peacemaker, the one thing he doesn't like is in the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker. When we saw Peacemaker in the movie. He was, I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill to have peace. And so he was just very non-apologetic. I will commit mass murder if it's what it takes to have peace. It was very, like, he, they drilled that into us. This guy is a psychopath, but he's doing it for a reason, to have peace. Okay. And then in the series, you see this character development that's happening in Peacemaker, which some people, Bamps is one of those people, was like, no, he was supposed to be the guy who was willing to do anything for peace. And now you have him having regret or misgivings or questioning or doubt about it. No. He was like, no, I don't like it. And like, you get that in the first episode. I'm not spoiling it. You get that. You know this, the road in the whole, from the beginning. But I was okay with it because I was like, no, character can have growth at any point in time. He could have done that and now later on has changed his mind. I get that. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that character exploring those feelings and maybe figuring out, hey, maybe I'm wrong in some of my beliefs. I think we all do that. I think it's good. Yeah, characters can grow and change and question their beliefs. And they even focus on why those beliefs were questioned with 
things that happened in the movie. Uh, he goes back to that, and it's clearly a, a source of contention and inner turmoil, just making him question those rock-solid principles. Also, and again, it's explicitly explained, he is having trouble doing a particular thing, and he brings up why. He, it's like, why, why aren't you doing the thing? You know, you're this this badass psychopath yeah, to pull the trigger. They do. They do and he's like, up. I don't know what the, I don't, this is fucked up and you're not telling me anything. Like, I'll do anything for peace, but not because you say so. Like, that's not the same thing. And he may have done what was required had he known more truths of what was happening, but they weren't giving that to him. And that's, that's, a, that's a mental block. And it's also, lastly, I'll say this. In the movie, when he says that line, I would kill anyone for peace. Mm-hmm. That's easy to fucking say. And that's easy. So like, that doesn't mean he does it. Like in the, it's like, well, in the movie, he says that. Well, that doesn't mean shit. You can say all in kind of crap. In the movie, they drill it home. They drill it dr- constantly. This man will do anything for peace. Anything. And even as Leo's pointing out, the killing of Rick Flagg changed him. Yes, Rick Flagg, that yeah. was a thing. He killed Rick Flagg. Yes. That's what that was the the catalyst for the thoughts now in the series and, and what he's trying to, to do. Some people were like, no. They drilled it too hard in the movie. There cannot now be these reservations. He Some was drilled said, too hard no. in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and he cracked. There's there's cracks in the foundation. That yeah. you know what? Fucking Batman is now uh, a former vampire. I can deal with this shit. This is fine, okay? You know, the Twilight guy? Robert, uh, I forgot his name. Pattinson is yeah. now. Yes, so now, now Batman is, is Robert fucking Pattinson. I can deal with Peacemaker being like, maybe I shouldn't do this. It's a little fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I, so that, I felt yeah. that they navigated that change very well. Mm-hmm. And they took a character that would be very one-note and quite yeah. deftly and quickly navigated that into a more interesting and complex space. So I, I, I complained a bit about the episode, like some of the dialogue getting a little tired, like that, that particular writing tick that James Gunn leans heavily on. You kind of like get the feeling that these characters are all written by the same person, which they are, but you shouldn't feel that way. It's very Guardians of the Galaxy, that type of rambly, back-and-forth, smart-assy, absurdist banter. Most of the time it works. But, again, I'm spending this time on what I feel is a very minor complaint. I really enjoyed the show. The jokes are funny. The characters are interesting and complex. Uh, you may not be super shocked by some of the... Like, there's a little tropism happening there, I'm not going to lie. But they, they have fun with those tropes as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, another fun, campy-ish romp that I, I thought was definitely worth the time. So, there we go. I liked, I liked, I liked mm-hmm. both. Here you go. <laughs> the end of uh, our review is watch Arcane. It's fucking great. No, <laughs> no. If you want something fun, like to me, Vox Machina is like the adult version of Saturday morning cartoons. It's silly and it's wacky and it's just fun, but it's got like adult content and language and gore and things like that. So I thought of it more as like Saturday morning cartoons for the adult. I liked it. Right. It was fun. Uh, Peacemaker is a bit more dramatic. I, I don't think it's Saturday morning fun. I don't think it's even like sitcom fun. I just thought it was a good continuation of the DC universe. And I like to see the DC universe doing this stuff because the Marvel universe is doing it and they're just churning shit out left and right. And it's like, I would like to see some good shit over here. And then we finally have it with this. This is yep. finally we're finally on the right hey, road, DC. Continue doing stuff like this. Hey, if if ever uh, if history is any guide, they will promptly fuck this up. Like with because <laughs> they keep like this. This is probably the best DC product in the past ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know how long I don't know how long ago the Dark Knight was. So mm-hmm. that being an exception, the 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 Christian Bale stuff. And I'm probably missing something of great import. But, well, I mean, Suicide Squad's the DC Universe as well, and there's been two movies out. And they were okay. Mm-hmm. They were both... Oh, I, the, the second the one second, came out... The second one was better than the first Suicide Squad. People, the first one with Will go. Smith was not great. There you go. That's what people say great. when something's not good yet. They say it's better than the 
Sure. Better than it was. The other it one. was. It was better. No, the it's second still good. Suicide Squad. I wish the first one didn't exist. I wish only the second one existed. Yep, I don't the, like the first one's there. Yeah, it gets mostly its shame agree. On the second one. Like, there's certain things I like about the first one, but there's just not enough of that, and it's a lot of bad. And I actually, it's one of those movies you feel terrible for the actors because <laughs> the movie is so fucking bad and so poorly edited and the and the, especially the actress who played or Margaret Robbie who played um Harley Quinn like crushed it and when they when someone hands you like like cut like these go-go booty shorts and makes you do like these say here's where you bend over and check your gun like she did that shit and she still fucking nailed it. I'd have been like, oh, "Fuck this, god damn it! I'm just some <laughs> eye candy to show off my TNA and get a paycheck." And she was like, "I'm gonna nail this goddamn character," and she did. And they did her dirty, like that. <laughs> she went to that character, uh, like uh, God, uh, Ryan Reynolds did Deadpool. Like, just I'm going to nail this shit. <laughs> but his movie was good. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, the actor can do a great job with the, the character, but if the dialogue's not there and the, the plot's not there, if all the other things aren't there, then, you know. If it's they, edited you know, they by can a only company. Give you so much that they can, they can only give you what they can give you. So I get that. I don't blame the actor. I mean, now, there are some actors where I'll see them in a movie, like, I guess they had a mortgage to pay this month. And I, yeah. I don't begrudge them that. We all got bills. I understand. <laughs> you got to take a job. I get it. I'm fine. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Poor, oh god, what's his name? Ken, Ken, the, the guy who played Ray Flag. Uh, this is this is uh, whatever her name is, and her sword steals souls. I wouldn't get killed by her. Like he had to read that dialogue, and I wonder as an actor if he was thinking to himself, because you shoot all these scenes and you may not understand exactly what's you know you, they don't shoot this movie in chronological order. They had to shoot it in based on who was where and what and why. Mm-hmm. But still, I have to wonder if he thought, man, that seems like some dog shit dialogue. Like I just don't, I, I just can't imagine a context where that's not horrible. That's that's up there with like you know the the Padme Anakin dialogue. Like woof. I don't know. I don't know, George. Is this how humans talk? But yeah, those happened. Yeah. And uh, and this is far better. This is the best Suicide Squad shit that happened has happened by far. Mm-hmm. So. I uh I highly I I suggest it. I I yeah, very I I happily endorse it. Yeah, I'm not saying go watch League of Legends. We're not saying that. We're saying watch these two things. Watch both. Watch frankly, watch, watch both of these. And maybe tell us maybe what you think. there you go. Maybe smoke a bowl before you watch <gasps> Vox Machina. <laughs> you know, of incense wow. to get yourself in the right of incense. <laughs> We all know what you're saying to smoke. Saved it. Speaking of which, <laughs> <laughs> it's nine thirty. I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> oh shit! No, no, no. Are we, did we not no, get no, to no. your game? We gotta get to the game. We gotta do the game real quick. All right, hit me, no, hit I gotta me, get hit my, me. Uh, no, I gotta get my thing. Hold on. All right, so the game is called the Million Dollar Doodle. I, I'm waiting for people to type that into Google. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's not stonk. So fuck. Let's go. Like it's. <laughs> I don't know why you have to shit on my love of stonks. Like, I love stonks. I like simple games. Sorry. Not mechanically minded. Yeah. Next right. week, I'll review so, Shoots and Ladders. Sorry, go. go. Sorry. Wow, fuck you. <laughs> Shoots and Ladders. All right, so Million Dollar Doodle is, you have a bunch of cards. You are going to draw two cards from the pile. Everybody at the table draws two cards. They look at their two cards. They have two words totally unrelated to each other. You are the first person. You now have to draw a logo based on the two words. You then pass your little booklet where your logo drawing is over to the next person on the left. They now, and you get one from the person next to you. So now you and they and everybody now has to draw or now has to write the name of the company just based off the logo. So the person that's writing next doesn't know what the two words were you had. Hopefully you did a good logo. Then they, when they write down the name of the company, they then pass it to the next person. The next person has to write the company's tagline. You know, like, have a Coke and a smile, all of that. Okay. Then they'll pass it to the next person, and the next person has to write a review, good or bad, of whatever it is that this company does. And then you have to pitch it. And the person who makes the pitch, the best pitch, 
for this company and everything wins a million dollars for the company, an investment. There's really no rules as to like how much money you need to amass before you call it or how many rounds you do. So that's just entirely up to the players. It can be a, a short game. It can be a long game, whatever you want it to be. But it is a fun game. I played it with uh, was myself and my um, two sisters, my brother and a friend of my sisters all played it. And it was it was fun. It was kind of had that Pictionary kind of feel, but it was also what they call the game telephone, where you say one thing and you have to get it to the end of the person and see how many times it changes before the end. Right. So it's a mix of, of Pictionary and telephone. But I liked it because they really got into the pitching. Like my one sister, she got up and like she like stood up and like she was really making a business presentation. She flipped the pages up so you could see the drawings. And she explained everything that you saw and why they thought it was going to be profitable. She would stand and do the best pitches. And she would always end up winning because her pitches were so good. Not that the company was good, but the pitch was so good. <laughs> but it was a fun little game. I picked it up at a game store, a local game store, which... My goodness, I'm realizing there are a lot of game stores around me. Picked it up uh, one weekend, and then, yeah, we played it uh, a week ago, one or two weeks ago. And I thought it was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it. And I can tell you, this is not a game for you. Why, why, now, why is that? Because I, I don't think you like it's too. I think you like the idea of the pitch part. I think you like that whole thing of yes. talking to the people. Like that, I feel like this was but overpowered. I think you think it's, yeah, I think you think it's it's a little too simplistic. And I know with the people that we play with, yes, I could imagine if I had you and Bams and, and Oz at a table, the pitches I would hear would be great. It would be a tough choice. I, so it, is, it does make a difference who you're playing with, of course. But it was we had fun. Well, he would be really stacked toward people like, yeah, like people who would pitch. And it would yeah. be, so if you're a shy person with a great sense of humor mm-hmm. or a, a good eye or a good hand to draw, and, but you don't have that gift of gab to horse shit up a line, and some people just don't, then they're not going to like play the game well. Like like with Cards Against Humanity, you can have the joke, and you mm-hmm. play the joke, and the joke happens. You don't have to perform the joke. In fact, you're not supposed to. Like I actually don't like it, and I consciously don't do this, is is argue for your... Like, like, let me explain the joke to you, because I sometimes have what I feel is a great joke. And if you get it, but I don't, then that's like I don't get to do that. I don't get to have commentary. I get the card that I play or cards if they're if it's a multiple answer deal. My other issue is I can't draw for shit. Like on all these on every Pictionary style game, I do multiple images. So if if it's Harry Potter, I will draw a hairy person and then a big like slash or a, a like something to separate and then a pot because I cannot draw for shit. Like I so if it was like the cash tree. Literally or draw a, you know, a face with a lightning bolt on it, and that's it for Harry Potter. Who doesn't it? Get it, it? it would look like someone's like it would look nah. like someone shitting on a pizza, probably. Okay. Like, hmm. I can't. I just can't. It's just not. Like, I have the. I have the. Uh, the concept in my brain, in my mind's eye, I mm-hmm. can picture, but like my hand can't do it in the mm-hmm. same way that you know how to express yourself, but you don't know Spanish. Presumably, like I, I yeah. can't. I just can't. It just doesn't come from me. The ability to draw, check shit. It's bad. Yeah. So like, yeah. I'm not gonna do well. And I'm just gonna fuck the game out for the other four people, who you have to have. And so yeah, like only I, one I mean, thing is drawing, just the logo. So only one time. That's it. Just the logo. Everything else is words. You know how to write words. I can't draw. And at the table is my graphic designer sister, who is drawing fantastic things. And we're all like, damn, that's a really good logo. Too bad I'm going to fuck it up with the name. <laughs> and that, it, and it, that feels great. Like, doesn't that feel a little imbalanced? Like, one, it, the game is going to be super tilted. Because you're not judged on your drawing or your tagline ability. You're mm-hmm. judged solely on pitch. On that's pitch. one talent. And two, you presumably don't switch places. So if you're downstream from somebody who can fucking draw... You're in a great spot. If you're downstream from me, get fucked. You're not gonna know what the it's gonna be. Well, this is a goddamn uh, like oh, a couple please. loops in a in a what appears to be a schnauzer yeah. or possibly an airplane. I'm not uh, a great drawer. <laughs> I was drawing things, and the person that got mine afterwards were like, "What the hell is this?" I'm like, I got two words. I drew them. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. But okay. So do yeah. you do you not? If you're shy, are you gonna get wrecked at this game? 
No, I think if you're shy, it will help you come out if you're with a good table. It'll help you kind of come out of your shell a bit. I think All it's right. a good party game. I think it's something that can get everybody involved. Everybody has to take a turn doing some po- doing a portion of the same story. You know, so you have five different or four, however many people at the table. That's how many pitches you have to hear. But you, you know, you just drew a portion of each one. So you just had some element in each one, which I think is nice because you contributed to their pitch. What I, the one thing I will say about the game, and I, for what it is, it's a fun game, but I don't think a price tag of $50 was right. Whoa. It's a $30 game at most. Not a fifty dollar game because it's just a set of cards. I like I, I have that game uh, that that litter or uh, litter jam game, and mm-hmm. it was like twenty or thirty bucks because it's 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 a few pieces and like cards. So yeah. is this not just like two decks or like like a deck of cards with words on them that you didn't mishmash? That's it. There's no board, I'm assuming, and like you know a hundred tokens and and pieces and little uh, little dudes and whatnot. Well, I mean, this has little spiral dry erase card spirally notebooks for, like, here's the logo page. Here's the page for the company name. Here's the page for the review. So there's, like, pages uh, in little booklets that are dry erase material with dry erase markers and a bunch of cards with words on them. So it's it's a bunch of cards with words on them and, like, a notepad. Yeah, that's that's a $23 game, man. That's all day. That's all right. I appreciate you letting our, our and, and I'm supposed to be reviewing a game, and I probably would not have thought to bring price into it, and now I realize I should. Mm. It does matter. Well, now uh, I have Sakara messaging me saying, "Hey, this game is a thirty dollar game. Where did you get it? That you paid for? Oh, you got right. Okay, well you just game got ripped store. off. I went to my oh. friendly local game store to support the game store, and got that." You got, I got it for fifty. I got to pay the game store price, right? From the local game fucked is what I, I just this have no. This is why the game stores are going out of business because you can't. I I I wanted to buy a game at a game store. I want. I purposely did that, but this is why most game stores have a hard time because you can't beat the prices on the internet. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad business, Mike. I I I I mean, so when I was younger, my dad. Bought a bunch of cows because he wanted to relive the days when he was a farmer. He's a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. That's what game store owners should be. People with too much money who want to hang out in the game store. And they're paying for the experience. It's not a real viable... Like, imagine if I opened up a store devoted entirely to delicious ketchups. Like I had spicy ketchup. I had mm-hmm. green ketchup. That's fucking dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Like, But if I'm rich and I have the money and I really like ketchup... Mm-hmm. I'll have a store and I'll make sales, but it's not going to be a viable concern. It's not, it's not going to be like a thing that's going to make money. Game stores have no reason to exist that I'm aware of. They have a space to play games. So does everyone with a fucking house and table. And, and I've never seen a game store that based its reason dietra around like a badass gaming space. Like we have the biggest, baddest fucking tables and you can rent it. And we're going to have all this and that. It's like, hey, come here and spend 40% markup because you're supposed to support us when you mm-hmm. – but, like, why? Like, I have a place to play at my house or at a park or a li- – or, like, there's, we can find a place to play the game that's a cool venue probably. And mm-hmm. even if we couldn't, we could, like, not pay 40% markup. It's a, You know, it's a durable good. Yeah. You buy it once. You don't need the impulse buy it. I, I don't. I don't understand. Yeah. So, yeah. I, don't, I don't get it either. Um, but this does, and, and looking at the conversation that's now occurring. So yeah, uh, we were. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I, I went somewhere else, but that's a whole nother review, and we've we've kind of gone our our hour here. So I it don't rambled. want to. Um, we'll have to do it another night. Uh, a review of this location. That. Ooh. It, it, there's there's I, I could do a whole business plan on this one. And go, guys. This is how you. This is everything you're doing wrong, and here's everything you should be doing to make it right. I was so upset when I left that place because I had. I will hopes. happily listen to okay. the Jupiter business model for a game store because <laughs> I, I am skeptical. This is like, you're gonna have store. to. This isn't oh, okay. a game store, but it's in the. It's it's adjacent to gaming. It's adjacent, yeah. and I want. I, I yeah. We'll have to talk about it on another light week. 
you know, so, uh, but thank you everyone for listening to our opinion about shows and a game. Cause who are we? And if Matt Mercer is still listening, please slide into Cotton's DMs. Yeah. By the <laughs> vest, you long haired yeah. fuck. Like it's, yeah. I've had a great time. I guess reach out to us if you have any questions about those shows or concerns and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Opinions. I would like to know yeah. what you thought about ne- that. Neither is for kids. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thanks everybody. We'll see you next time on Out of Character. Peace out. Have a good night.